Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. to the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name today. You're worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. You're worthy of the glory and you're worthy of all of the honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Oh, yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for this day. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We thank the Lord for this day. I am very happy to be here this morning. Glad to be back on the soils of the United States of America and South Carolina and at Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank God. Thank God for, for his uh, faithfulness keeping us safe on the mission field. Uh, as Sister Adrian was ministering and sung, she was singing, Faithful is the Lamb. I can surely testify to the faithfulness of the Lord our God. This is, someone said to me this morning, called me and said, it looks like you were on vacation. Uh, I said, did you really pay attention to the content of the pictures? <laughs> uh, because I definitely was not on vacation, but it was a wonderful, a wonderful mission. Very fulfilling, a uh, lot of hard work, uh, but very fulfilling, very fulfilling work. And I thank you all for your prayers. Uh, I know that you all were praying along with others. Whenever you go on the mission field, you engage in intense spiritual warfare. And as I was going, I was thinking about the war in Ukraine and realizing that many times the things that happen on earth is a manifestation of what's happening in the spirit realm. And the intense warfare that's going on uh, in these times that we're living in. Uh, we talk about and we we have been laboring under the theme, completing the task, and that in itself stirs up the anger of the devil because he doesn't want us to do anything related to advancing the kingdom of God. And on this mission, things that I didn't I realized and didn't understand, I knew that going into Cape Mount, Liberia, we were going into a heavily 
Muslim area. But the Lord moved. The Lord moved and Muslims came to Christ. Amen. Amen. I know that uh, the last night that I gave the invitation, there were at least at least two people that, that came, but one of our instructors told me on the day that we were leaving, he said, Daddy, the, that group that came to Christ that night, all of them were in my class, and I kept ministering, ministering, ministering. He said, all of them were Muslims that came to Jesus. And we give God praise for that. Amen. We, we were invited to come back next year and continue our work in that part of Liberia and then going into Guinea, uh, which was just amazing. We actually have six branches of Tabernacle of Praise in the country of Guinea, just in the southern region. Y'all ought to give God praise for that. Uh, Pastor Solomon has, has worked so diligently. I didn't realize that there were six branches of the church. And he had told me some things he was doing, and I, and I knew that uh, we were going to an area where there were uh, two places where he wanted to plant churches and had started some work. But when I found out that there were six, I was blown away. Um, and to be welcomed by the elders that a town chief and the elders in this area uh, was amazing to me. Uh, you know, sometimes in the West, uh, Western Christianity uh, can be uh, so um, kind of off base in the way we think. And we see it uh, in the natural when, when when the United States and the Western powers go into Muslim areas and we want to force our values in those cultures and we are rejected. And a lot of people hate us uh, because they see us as infidels. And of course, we don't think of ourselves as infidels. But from their perspective, you know, we're infidels. And, and, and Western theology has, has pushed us to force Christianity down people's throats. But when you go into the Eastern culture, uh, it's, it's, and, and especially in the context of African Christianity, uh, in traditional villages, if the town chief welcomes you, if they receive you and welcome you, then you have a much easier task of preaching the gospel. You can't force people to come to Christ, but you've been welcomed by the officials of that, of that area, by the town chief, and people feel free, whether they're Muslims or animists or what have you, they feel free to come to the worship services and free to hear the gospel. And we went into four different villages, and I'm not going to tell all of this because part of this is in, in the message for the day. We went into four different villages where we sat down with the elders in the town chiefs, with the town chief and the elders, and all of them welcomed us and welcomed the church to be planted in their towns. And that, to, amen, amen. The ceremony itself was just amazing to me, you know, to see them and the, the, the things that they go through to, uh, to respect that town chief and and to make sure that every elder is in agreement with the decision 
of the town chief, and every elder has a word to say. Um, and I didn't realize this. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. Uh, uh, sometimes, sometimes I do things and people say, you don't have to do that, but my parents taught me to be polite. <laughs> and politeness is important. So sometimes you say thank you because it's the polite and the right thing to do. Uh, and so when they finished in, in, the, in one of the villages that was close to the Ivorian border, um, I got up and went and shaked the elder's hand just went and shook every person's hand. And the pastor said, he said, Daddy, what you did was important because you showed them respect and appreciation for what they had done. So we left that village all excited, you know, about what God had done. Uh, and yeah, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mission. If anybody thought I was on vacation, they were, they were uh, deceived because I wasn't on vacation riding a motorbike to villages. Pastor said, oh, it's just, it's not far, Daddy. It's not far. And you riding a motorbike for 30 minutes. You're not used to riding a motorbike. And you, you stretching some muscles that you hadn't thought about stretching and, and bumping on a bumpy road. And yeah, you know, it wasn't a vacation, but it was a great experience. And I thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for the number of people that we baptized. And some of them were Muslims. Uh, that we baptized on that, that 17 persons, um, you know, walking through. Uh, Dr. Barr said one time we went on a mission trip, he said, you took us to the jungle. I said, well, he needed to be on this trip because we had to walk about 30 minutes through the jungle to get to the river to baptize. And I'm walking, I'm looking for snakes along the way, you know. <laughs> but thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mission. All right, and we're going to go into the word of the Lord. Uh, you saw the pictures, uh, and I will do a report and make sure that you read some more about what happened. In Romans chapter 8, uh, verse, 20, verse 28 through 30, uh, <clears throat> and we know that all things, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Amen. Focusing on verse 28, and we know that all things, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. I want to talk about learning spiritual lessons from real-life situations. Learning spiritual lessons from real-life situations. Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand today and proclaim your eternal word. I thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. And I thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might preach under your anointing. Cause me to see what you want me to see and hear what you want me to hear. Open up the word to us, your scriptures to us, that we might learn from your word today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. 
Amen. Amen. Learning spiritual lessons from real life situations. So the thing that I didn't mention uh, to you was the fact I didn't talk about the accident that we had on the road from Guinea to Liberia. And that was in itself quite an experience. Someone asked me, uh, did you get scared? And of course, I'd fallen asleep. So when I woke up and the car was going off the road, I didn't have time to think about getting scared. I was just praying, Lord, don't let us flip over. <laughs> and I really didn't think about being afraid. And, 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 but I want to talk about this because there are some spiritual lessons in this. And, and, and I know that, that many times, a lot of us, we make the application when things happen in life, when things don't go right in life, when adverse things happen in life, we think about the spirit realm and make spiritual applications. But one of the things that, that uh, I was reminded of this morning as I was reviewing uh, this message was the number of times Jesus' disciples uh, were with him and he was teaching them lessons and they didn't get it. And think about how often we... As believers, we, we miss things. We come to worship, we study the scriptures, but it, you know, learning is an ongoing process. Um, uh, repetition is, is one of the laws of learning. I think one of the first laws of learning is something I learned a long time ago or read a long time ago. And so when we don't get it, we have to repeat it so we can really get it because the Lord wants us to get these lessons. These lessons help us in our walk with him. And he wants us to get it so good that, that no little fox will spoil our mind. Can, can someone say little fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not the big wolf that really causes a lot of the problems. It's the little things that get in our way sometimes, that, that disturb us, that, 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 that knocks us off our rockers, uh, that, that uh, you know, that throws a kink into, into, into what we're trying to do. And so the Lord wants us to learn these lessons from the things that will happen in life. He wants us to make spiritual application from real-life situations. So the real-life situations don't happen just to happen. The Lord will take those and use those to teach us some spiritual lessons. And these lessons are so important. So I began to, you know, from the beginning, when we had that accident, we had, uh, just to give you a, a little background of the situation, we crossed the border into Guinea. Now, now getting from Liberia, getting from Guinea to Liberia is, is a dirt road, a dusty road. It's not even a smooth, dusty road. Uh, uh, Pastor Solomon was driving. He had this, this strong, sturdy vehicle that was built for the roads. And, I mean, the man was driving. I'm like, you know, this man needs to slow down. I mean, we're bouncing in the car. You know, and I, I had to take a Tylenol the night, that night because my body was already aching. I don't know what it was aching from the accident or aching from, I think it was aching from shaking on that road, you know. And, and God kept us, you know. A um, couple of times, uh, uh, it seemed like we were going to have an accident, but we didn't have an accident. The Lord kept us. We crossed the border uh, into Liberia, didn't have any problems crossing the border. God, now I, I know somebody from Liberia is listening to this, but I have to say this. 
Um, but we crossed the border, 10.30 in the morning, we, we're like, we're doing good. You know, we're going to get to Liberia early. And uh, Bishop Wiss said, we need to get lunch. And I said, well, Bishop, if we wait just a little while, we can get to Kakata, and there's this restaurant that we've eaten at before. It's called America's Best, and it's good food. I said, if we wait just a little while and go to Kakata, we can eat there. He said, no, my stomach is empty. I want to eat now. So we stop and we eat breakfast. This is important. And I, and I may be jumping ahead of myself in the message. But, but, but you know, Satan is, 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 is crafty. And, and many times we miss little things. He's very, very crafty. Very crafty. And so we stop and we eat breakfast. We don't eat breakfast. We eat lunch. But we eat rice and potato greens. Now, rice is a carbohydrate. Okay, and carbohydrates do something to your body when you eat too much of it. For me, carbohydrates will always make me sleepy. You know, carbohydrates and chocolate. If I want to, if I if I eat chocolate, I'm gonna go to sleep. I know that. That is something that it does to my body. And 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 so we ate just this big. I didn't eat all of mine because it was too much rice. I, I, I eating rice. I eating rice and rice and rice and rice, and rice and more rice. And so I didn't want. Yeah. Anyway, so we we ate and we get on the road and we start again. We stopped one more time. Then we got back on the road because the cop was giving us a little bit of problem. You know, you got to see that God is always at work. In the midst of things, when we don't recognize what's happening, God is always at work. And thank God that car was giving us problems. Because, because when we left, when we left, when we left Ganta on our way to Bunga, Bishop was driving. I mean, he was going fast. So, you know, you think I drive fast anyway. But he was going fast. So when we left Bunga, the transmission all of the time, had not given us any problems. The transmission started acting up. So the gears wouldn't change. So he couldn't drive fast. So when you see the accident and you see us on the side of the road, you don't realize that we weren't going that fast. If we had been going double the speed that, that he was driving before, that would have been a much worse accident. Not only that, we would have gone a bit further down the road before he fell asleep, and that was a ravine on the other side of this hill. God is at work. I mean, when, when Sister Adrian was saying God is faithful is the, is the lamb, God is faithful. God watches over his children. So I wanted us to, I want us to look at this accident. I was thinking about this, and I jumped way ahead of myself. But in the scripture, uh, we're gonna, where we start with in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the scripture says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes or his purpose. All right. So in all things, God is at work. It's important for us to understand that. Can you say in all things? What does all things mean? Is there anything left out of all things? Nothing is left out of all things. Nothing is left out. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who, are, who have been called according to his purposes. One of the things I always say when I'm talking to the Lord, I love you. God, I love you. I realize that my love is imperfect. My love does not compare to your love, but God, I love you. 
Amen. I love the Lord. Oh, him said, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied my every groan. Amen. I thank God for what he's done in my life. And I love the Lord. And I know that I've been called according to his purpose. And you've been called according to the Lord's purpose. I believe everyone sitting in here today loves the Lord. Your love may be at a different degree than somebody else's. Don't ever compare. Amen. Don't compare your love to somebody else's. Don't you compare your love to that other person. I believe everyone sitting in here loves the Lord. And God is at work in your lives. And never forget this scripture that says, in all things, in all things, in all things, we miss the in all things. Amen. And we get topsy-turvy because we miss in all things. Amen. Amen. The devil can, the devil will wreak havoc in our lives because we miss in all things. We hear God works, but we forget in all things. So God will work in this situation, but he's not working at work in that situation. No, the word of God says in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Amen. Who have been called according to his purposes. You have been called according to God's purpose. What's God's purpose? God's purpose is to reconcile men and women unto him. That's why we've been called. Amen. That's why God saved us. Salvation, you've been called to salvation. Amen. That's the call. That's the call. You've been called to salvation. Somebody said, I've been called to preach. I've been called. But the bottom line is, you've been, you've been called by the Lord. You didn't come to the Lord yourself, by yourself, out of your own, out of your own volition. The Holy Spirit reached to you in your sinful state. Glory to the name of Jesus. And he drew you to God. Amen. God always reaches to us first. Amen. We don't reach to God first. God reaches to us. Amen. And God calls us. Amen. Faith comes by what? The Amen. The word of the Lord. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a proclaimer? So the Lord reaches to us. With his word and by his spirit, he draws us. So we have been called. All of us have been called, and God is at work in our lives. Amen. In all things. In all things. We got to believe it. We got to stand on that, that in all things, God is at work in our lives. Amen. Uh, and and, and th- this scripture, this whole chapter of Romans, um, well, this particular scripture as we know, it's not in a vacuum. It does not stand alone. It has a context. And the context of this scripture is the way Holy Spirit operates in enabling believers to defeat the forces of evil that we will encounter uh, in our walk with God. That's what the context of this scripture is. Uh, the way Holy Spirit operates in enabling the believer. Are you a believer? Holy Spirit is enabling you. He is enabling you to defeat the forces of evil that you will encounter in your walk with God. Amen. We often talk about spiritual warfare. That's why we talk about the forces of evil. And the devil is evil. If you pay attention to what's going on in Ukraine, you see evil par excellence. Amen. You see evil. It's right before our eyes. This man, Putin, is evil. And he is killing innocent people for no reason at all, except that he wants to be, he wants that land. 
He wants that land. He will destroy all of Ukraine if he can. And I'm praying, you know, God have mercy on Ukraine. But God has a purpose that I don't fully understand. There are some things I don't really see in this process. But every day I'm praying, God have mercy on Ukraine. God move by your power in Ukraine. God save your people alive in Ukraine. And, and I don't see God's hand moving, but God has a purpose that I don't see. And I can't be discouraged because God has a purpose that I don't see. Because somebody said I can't be discouraged. Oh, the saints will just learn that. Because too many of us get discouraged when things are going on in our lives and we don't see God's purpose. But we got to go back to in what? All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. So the context, the scriptures, how Holy Spirit operates, enabling the believer to defeat the forces that we will encounter in our walk with the Lord. It teaches that a new and wonderful life opens out before those who put our trust in Christ and those of us that depend heavily on the work of Holy Spirit. So a new way opens for us. Yeah, yeah. There is suffering. There is suffering in this Christian life. We cannot deny that there is suffering. However, this present suffering, this spiritual warfare that we're going through that causes so much pain and so much suffering, uh, 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 as, as we live out our lives as followers of Jesus Christ, is a part of discipleship. Amen. So when you're going through something, when the Lord allows you to go through something, he's doing something in you. He is doing something in you. You may not like it, and most of us don't like it. Who wants to go through? Who wants to have an accident? I've never wanted to have an accident. I thought that's the worst accident I've ever been in. Now, some people have been in worse, but that's the worst I've ever been in. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. Thank God I was kept safe. I didn't have a scratch. I didn't have a bump. I didn't have a bruise. When I left Bunga that day, in my spirit, and I, this is Holy Spirit, and this is a slogan we hear on TV. Seatbelt saves lives. All the way from Guinea, I didn't have on a seatbelt. I couldn't even find a buckle on the truck. But when we left Bunger, I heard in my spirit, seatbelts save lives. And I buckled my seatbelt. Amen. In all things, God does what? God works. Amen. He works. I buckle my seatbelt. Bishop will buckle his seatbelt. And I just doze right on off to sleep. That rice just put me right on to sleep. Now, I know this. Oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. It wasn't a good thing for me to go to sleep. Mm. But anyway, let me get to that point in the message. Yeah, yeah. So suffering, uh, we're going to suffer, but it's a part of discipleship. Our Lord suffered. Jesus suffered. We are called to suffering. Now, we don't like it. We do not like it. I think people today say, why do I have to go through this? Maybe in every age. Why must I suffer? And people look for ways out of suffering. You know, like, like my body was aching and I took a Tylenol, took two Tylenol, extra strength, not just regular. <laughs> but, but when pain comes, 
We go to the medicine cabinet and we get painkiller because we don't like suffering. We don't want to go through anything. We would just like this to be an easy, smooth, paved road into glory, but that's not the way it is because Jesus suffered and we are going to suffer too. It's a part of discipleship. But the suffering is in some, as I said, it's linked to Christ. And you notice on the road to Damascus, when Jesus spoke to Saul that day, he said, Saul, Saul, why do you do what? How do, why do you persecute me? Now, if you look at it from the natural, Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus identifies with us in our suffering. You're not suffering alone. You remember, do you remember in the lion's den when they went and looked at was it the fiery furnace? He said, the lion's den. I see, I thought I threw in three, but I see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. He identifies with us in our suffering. And so we don't go through this alone. Amen. He identifies with us in our suffering. Amen. Amen. Uh, and, and, and Romans chapter, chapter 6 verse 8 tells us that we also died, we died with Christ. So we, he identifies with us in our suffering. We are one with him in his death, but our sufferings are not meaningless. Amen. They are not meaningless. We suffer in order that we may share in his glory. Amen. We suffer that we may share in his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to go through suffering to get to the glory. We want the glory without the suffering, but it's not going to come. Amen. Jesus suffered and God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. With all power in his hands. And he's seated at the right hand of God. And if we are going to share in his glory, we must fellowship with him in his suffering. And the suffering. Our entire sermon needs to be preached to the church today about suffering because we're looking for ways out. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to suffer. And I can understand that's that's the human side of us, but we got to understand. We must understand that suffering is a part of this process. And if we believe that God is sovereign, amen, if we believe that God is sovereign, which means that God is the supreme ruler of the universe, we know that God is in control and nothing happens without his direct involvement or his permission. Satan, going, going before God when the, in, in the book of Job, when the sons of God appear before God, Satan said, God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Most of us say, God, please don't ask Satan, have he considered her? <laughs> we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want God to say, have you considered? But that was a reason for that. But you notice Job's life. God said, you can do everything, but don't take his life. So God had to give Satan permission to attack Job. We learn that from the scriptures. So we, we need to understand that. And, 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 and so we know that God is in control and, and, and without his direct involvement or permission, nothing is going to happen. If that's the case, then we should also believe that the, the minutest incident that happens in our lives, God has either done it or God has allowed it. And we must also remember that in all things, God works. In all things, God is at work. 
And if God permits this, there is a divine purpose behind it. Amen. Amen. And that one truth should be applied in every situation and circumstance in our lives and should govern how we respond. Our response is important to the to the attacks of the enemy in our lives, to the adverse situations that come up in our lives. Our response is important, is important. Saints, you cannot go through things in your life and respond the wrong way and expect to experience victory. You got to know how to respond when things happen. You got to know how to respond. Yeah. Lord Jesus, sometimes we respond wrong. I know God knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust, but God wants us to learn. Can somebody say God wants us to learn? Oh, ye of little faith, Jesus would say several times to his disciples, oh, ye of little faith, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer with you? We're no different from them. We'll come to church, we'll sit in the church, we'll say amen to the word, and then certain situations happen and we respond the wrong way. God, help us to respond the right way. Help us, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us. Help us, Lord, in our spirit, man, to mature. And you help us in our minds. Help us in our minds, Lord God, that when situations happen that are adverse and negative, Lord, help us to respond the right way, God. Transform our minds. Renew us in the spirit of our minds so that we respond the right way. Oh, God, help us. Help us. Help us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are lessons that, that I learned that I want to share with you from this, from this incident, this accident that happened in Liberia uh, that I think will, will be on important. Now notice some things now. While on the mission field, we baptized 17 persons who confessed Christ. The very first man I baptized that day, when he came into the water, he had a ring on, on his finger. I think it's right finger. Now, many times when people are in traditional societies, they've made covenants. They've made covenants with, with, with the devil, basically, because that's what it is. And when they come to Christ, one of the things they need to do is break that covenant. A symbol of breaking that covenant for that man was to take off that ring and throw it in the water. The first man I baptized, he did that. He had the ring on his finger. He took it off. That, the second time, that's the second time I saw that happen. I baptized some people years ago, and the first lady that came into the water, she took off that ring and threw it into the water because she was breaking that covenant that she had made as she became a part of that traditional society. Uh, Lord, I could, my, anyway, let me not say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, because I was about to add something else in here, and that means I'm going to preach longer. But I got a whole lot in me that need to come out today. But that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and there were two Muslims that we baptized. Now, I told you about the Muslims in, in uh, Grand Cape Mount that came to Christ. So now think about what's happening. Get a picture of what's happening. Amen. You have these 17 people in a Muslim-dominated area who've confessed Christ as Savior and Lord. Okay, Definitely two of them who were being baptized were Muslims. So they're renouncing their faith uh, in, in the Muslim faith and they're turning to Christianity. Who's angry? 
Who's angry? God is glorified. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. But there are some spirits that are angry at what has taken place. Yeah. 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 Ugh. We will, I told you about the fact that we were welcomed by these town chiefs, these elders, and four of the towns that we went into. All right? Uh, and it's significant in African society for Christianity for the elders to welcome you in. Okay? I told you about the nine people that received Christ on that, or did I? On the last Sunday that I preached, nine people received Christ during morning worship. By all indications, this was a successful mission. Amen. By all indications, God moved. It was impactful mission. I mean, the people were encouraged. People came to Christ. The kingdom of God was advanced. Amen. Fact, there is warfare going on. Amen. As much as we dance, as much as we shout, don't you know, after we finish praising and worshiping the Lord today, there's still warfare going on? We don't know what's going to happen when we leave the sanctuary. But let me tell you something. The way you respond will make all the difference in the world. And you will respond correctly when you know what the, when you have faith in God, that, in, that God works in all things for the good of those who love him and are the called according to his purposes. Amen. So you go out, to, if, you, if you go out today and have an accident, don't break down and start crying and say, oh, Lord, why did this happen? I just got this car. God, in all things you work, I thank God that I still have my life. I thank God that I can still move around. I might be hurt, but I give God praise in the midst of this situation. Okay. What did I learn? What did we learn from this, from this accident? Well, um, spiritual alertness is important on this journey. Spiritual alertness. Now, notice I told you some of the some of the background of what had taken place. We stopped and we ate. At 10.30 in the morning, we ate lunch. Now, I had already eaten breakfast, so that, I wasn't ready to eat again. Yeah. But, but, but saints, on this journey, I'm going to come back to the food in a minute. On this journey, on this Christian journey, you can't afford to go to sleep while driving. Now, 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 a couple of things are going to come out of this, and I want you to pay close attention to this. If we are not alert, we will have an accident. And accidents happen really quick. They happen really quick. You hear people say that, that you can go the length of a football field in a matter of seconds, depending on the speed you're driving. Okay. When I woke up in that car... We were already off the road. We didn't go the length of a football field. We probably went the length of from here to that, maybe from here to that column. All right? But remember now, God is already at work because the transmission is not working properly. So, so he's not going really, really fast. And I woke up, and he's going off the road, and Bishop is holding the wheel. Thank God that he had that when he woke up, now, 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 all of us fell asleep except one young man, and his name was Alfred. <laughs> but, you know, he's a young guy, and he didn't, he didn't think, he didn't think to yell. Because if he had yelled, he would have woke all of us up. He's tapping Bishop on the shoulder trying to wake him up. And that, that just didn't get it. Okay. 
but the thing about it is you don't go to sleep. Think about this. We, we're, we're driving on this journey. We're driving. Don't go to sleep under the wheel. Don't go to sleep under the wheel. One of the things I've learned in my years of driving, if I'm driving a long distance, is I always have a snack. I always have a piece of candy. I got something, amen, to help me if I get sleepy. Open the window. If I get so sleepy, pull over on the side of the road. Don't drift off to sleep because when the window is open and it's warm and, 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 you know, the sun is shining, the car is warm, the wind is warm, it'll lull you off to sleep. On this Christian journey, there are things that will happen that will lull us off to sleep. They'll lull us off to sleep, okay? Our bodies do get tired. Spiritually, we get tired. We do. We get tired. Spiritually, sometimes you say, well, we're supposed to get tired. Lord is our strength. Yes, he is. He really is our strength. If it were not for the Lord being our strength, we wouldn't make it. But there are times we get tired tired. Just be honest with yourself. Amen. There are times you get tired. Times you don't want to be around people. Times you don't want to deal with situations. Times you don't want to deal with circumstances. For some people there are times you don't even feel like praying. You have to be careful in those times because things will happen that will lull you off to sleep. And our physical bodies, our physical bodies get tired. We are designed to sleep. We're designed to rest so that we can be rejuvenated. Amen? But we have to be careful that we don't sleep at the time when we need to be awake. Just be really careful about it. Be keenly aware that the in, of the enemy and his schemes. The Bible says we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes. So when we need to be alert, as we're in the driver's seat, as we're, as we're headed, glory to God, and not only in the driver's seat because the driver needs some people awake around him. Amen. I should not have fallen asleep. I should have been talking to Bishop Will. Amen. I should have been trying to watch him because I've been in situations where I've seen people fall asleep. Amen. I was riding with Apostle Chipunda one time, and we, I said, let me drive. He said, no, I got it, Bishop. I got it. Uh, I got it, Apostle. I got it. And we're going down the road from Blantyre to, to, to Lalongwe, four hour and a half hour drive, and all of a sudden the car swerved. I said, Apostle! I said it louder than that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Take the wheel. I said, yeah, thank you. Let me have the wheel. Yeah. But saints of God, Saints of God, we have to be keenly aware of, this, of Satan's schemes. Now, 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 think about your physical body and think about that, yes, we need to eat, but there are times we don't need to eat. There are certain foods that we don't need to eat, and I don't know if everybody recognizes this, you know. There are certain foods that are just not good for us. Too many carbohydrates are not good for us. So if you want to stay alert, you don't want to eat a bunch of carbohydrates because that, that turns into sugar, and that sugar is going to put you to sleep. I've seen people make a meal with all carbohydrates. They say they're eating vegetables, they eat corn and potatoes. A whole meal with meat, corn, and potatoes. No green vegetables because they don't like green vegetables. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too much food and the wrong kind of food can and will work against us. Satan is tricky. Satan will use what we put into our bodies to make us sluggish, tired, sleepy, and even sick. Because, see, accidents happen 
not just because we got sluggish and tired, but sometimes sickness is one of the, one of the attacks of the enemy. Because we don't take care of our bodies the way we should. We don't. We, we, we put all kind of stuff in our bodies that we shouldn't put in our bodies. All kind of stuff. Lord knows I want an egg custard. I, I, I looked at pie crust been in our freezer since before Christmas. Last night I went out there to get some salmon out for dinner and I saw those pie crusts and I said, I'm going to ask my wife to make me an egg custard. I do not need an egg custard. They've been, in the, um, they've been in the freezer since before Christmas. If they expire, I will throw them in the trash. You're wasting money. It's better to waste money and be healthy and not buy it again. The Bible says be watchful, be vigilant, be vigilant, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If I am sluggish, if I am tired, if I am sleepy, I am not able to be vigilant. In that situation, I realized that I was not being vigilant. I'm not going to put all the blame on the driver because I understand what it is to help people stay awake when they're driving. Although I expected at 10.30 in the morning, nobody was going to be sleeping. But then we fell asleep. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is out to kill you. He is out to destroy the work of God. Do we see that? Can we see that? And he'll use anything, anything to accomplish his mission. Yeah. Spiritual sluggishness puts us in danger of being defeated by the enemy. We get sluggish when we forget to stay vigilant. And then when things happen, it gets worse when we, when we don't remember that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. So when that accident happened, I didn't get scared. I was just praying, Lord, help us not turn over. And I, and I jumped, tried to get out of the car. My door was stuck. The young man I said, Joe, the door's stuck. Get me out of here. And Bishop Wills, he was all confused. He was rolling up the window. I said, Bishop, don't roll the window up. Roll the window back down. I'm going to have to crawl out of the window. Now, now Sunday morning, I just preached from the text in Acts 20, and Paul said, none of these things move me. When he talked about the Holy Spirit testifying that in every city that he went into prison affliction and imprisonment waiting on him. But he said, none of these things move me. And we got to come to the place. I just preached that. You know, the devil will he'll take your words and try to move you. But let me tell you something. That accident didn't move me. It didn't move me, amen, because I saw God's hand at work, amen. When I got out of the car and went to the back of the car, the grass was on fire under the car. I said, get my computer bag out of the car. I'm out, get my computer, because I need my computer bag. You know, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, God is protecting us. God got us out safe. We are alive. Nobody was hurt bad. And we began to give God glory on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lord Jesus. I want to come back to this point. 
I was going to go somewhere. But everybody can't go to sleep on the driver. Saints, as a pastor of this church, I'm the driver. I don't need you going to sleep. I need you staying awake. I need you praying for me. I need you talking to me. I need you encouraging me. Some of y'all think, Bishop, don't ever need any encouragement. Bishop got it all together. No, even if you don't say something, I need you praying. I need you watchful. Amen. Amen. I need you. I don't need you to go to sleep on me. I don't need you to, I don't need you to get so caught up in what you're going through that you forget that you have a driver that has to speak the word of God in your lives and direction for the church. I need you alert. Aaron and her helped Moses in the battle against the Amalekites. The Malachites were winning the battle, and they realized that when Moses lifted his hands, amen, Israel was winning, but his hands got heavy. Sometimes my hands get heavy. And when his hands got heavy and he began to let his hands down, the Malachites started winning. And Aaron and her realized what was going on, and they got on either side of him, and they held up his hands. You got to figure out how you hold your pastor's hand up. Amen. You got to figure out how you're going to hold your pastor's hands up while we drive this ship to glory. Amen. To finish the work that God has assigned to us to do. You got to figure out how you can hold your pastor's hands up. I don't need you physically coming holding my hands up. I need you spiritually alert, spiritually praying, spiritually interceding, spiritually working. Amen. So that the ministry can go forward. That's how you hold my hands up. You can't go to sleep on the driver. Jethro even helped Moses. By giving him advice concerning selecting men uh, and elders of the people to assist him in settling issues that occurred among the people. You know, when Moses was a leader, he didn't, why did he need advice from Jephro? The Bible says safety is in the multitude of counsel. I wonder how many people ever think about just calling their pastors. The pastor, you know, I was thinking about this. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that. Let's pray about this. Let's pray about that. Hmm. Yeah. Jephro yeah, didn't go to sleep on Moses. Everybody can't go to sleep on the driver. Yeah. Last thing, last thing. Hallelujah. Amen. God will get the glory if we have the right perspective. Now remember, the ultimate thing in all of this is that God is glorified. That's, that's all we're working for is that God is glorified. Amen. I am not working for my own glory. I don't do the things I do so that my name can be glorified. Amen. I'm not looking for glory. If I was looking for glory, <laughs> there are a whole lot of other things that I could be doing. A lot of other places that I could be if I was looking for glory. Amen. When I go on the mission field, I don't look for a five-star hotel to, to sleep in. I don't look for the finest restaurants to eat at. When the people prepare food, and that's why some of y'all can't go on the mission field because you turn your nose up at people's food. When people prepare food and they bring to me, I eat what they prepare. Amen. I realize that sometimes they just rinse the plate out with cold water, not even soap. But the Bible says if I drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt me. And I stand on the word of the Lord. Amen. And I, I, but I, I'm careful in the fact that I need to eat the food while it's hot. I remember the health regulations now. Amen. Eat the food while it's hot. And I eat it and I enjoy it. 
Someone brought me some food that I don't particularly like. And it really runs my stomach when I eat it, but that was the best that they had to give me. And I ate the food without complaining. I am not looking for glory. I want to add value to people. Amen? I want to encourage people. It is not about me. It's about God. Amen? It's about the glory of God. And that's what we have to remember. Yes, things happen. Something happened. I have not breathed it to anybody but God. I didn't talk about it to anybody on the field. Something happened, and I won't talk about it to you. Amen. I just told the Lord about it because it's about God getting the glory. It's not about me being offended by what this brother did. And he did something that could have offended me. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm watching what's going on. I'm looking at it. And I'm seeing this, and I'm saying, you know, this, this isn't right. I could have spoken up, not right there in that situation. But I said, let me just wait and see. I could have talked to the pastor about it. I said, no, let me just wait and see what happens. So the last time the opportunity came for him to do the same thing, he had done it twice. For him to do the same thing, he had done it three, t- three times. For him to do the same thing, the Lord shifted the situation. Now, if I had opened my mouth, if I had got involved in the situation, now I got a rift between me and my brother. My perspective is, God, I want you to get the glory. It it doesn't matter if I'm not the one recognized. As long as you are the one glorified. Amen. Because ultimately, ultimately, whatever people do on the ground I am the leader of this work. Amen? And ultimately, people are going to recognize me as the leader of this work. So I don't need to get in a battle with anybody about a minor thing that happened where God could get the glory. Perspective. Perspective, saints. Amen? God, if we have the right perspective, God will get the glory. So perspective is important on this spiritual journey. Amen? We are traveling from one point to another. We are on God's mission. We are not doing this thing in a vacuum. God sent Jesus into this world to reconcile men and women unto him. Jesus says to us, as my father sent me, even so I send you. Our whole purpose is to reconcile men and women unto God. That's our purpose. And everything we do, we got to get back to our purpose. Paul talks about testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Amen. That's the same thing. It's going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. On this mission, we have to remember that we are the body of Christ. Christ suffered. We will suffer too. Perspective. Perspective. Everything's not going to go the way I want it to go. Mm-mm. No. I'm not going to have the money to do everything I want to do perspective. But I'll do what God wants me to do. And when God says do it, everything will fall into the right place. Last night before I left from here, I was $200 short of everything I needed for this mission. I'm on the phone talking to this brother. Amen. And, 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 uh, I hadn't talked to him in a while and I'm on the phone talking to this brother. And he said, Oh, Bishop, you know, They've been going through some things. And he said, oh, Bishop, you know, you know, certain things he said. He said, I'm going to sow a seed uh, in, into, into you, uh, into this mission. And right there, Oliver, you know how you cash up 
it gives you notification when money falls into your account. Lord Jesus, the man gave me eight times what I needed uh, to finish the mission. Now, in all things, God is at work. I didn't realize that when I got on the field that some things were going to happen, that I was going to need some extra money. But guess what? Jehovah Jireh. Woo. Can somebody shout Jehovah Jireh? He sees to our need even before we know we have the need. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul said, I'm going to finish this. He said, in every city he went into, the Holy Spirit testified that afflictions and imprisonment awaited him in Jerusalem. Yet he said, none of these things move me. That's the right perspective. We were on the side of the road in, 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 in Bone County shouting, none of these things move me. We kept testifying to one, of the, to one another as we stood on the side of the road. This doesn't move us. This doesn't move us. This is a minor thing that happened. Yes, the car was messed up, but we weren't messed up. None of these things move us. Folk begun to come. People came from the villages because they were right a village up on the hill, village up the road. One man said, I saw the car pass by, and I said, these old people in that car. I said, you said, we're old people. <laughs> I'm saying, maybe I need to go and shave this beard off and go back to a bald head. You said I'm old. How you see from the road? That he didn't look too much younger than me now. I'm talking about old people in the car. And so I, saw the, I saw the vehicle when it veered, and all of these people came, and people began to stop. You know, that's the wonderful thing about Liberia. You know, they, the African folk are going to stop, and they're going to check on you, you know. Um, and one man... They pulled the car out of the ditch. He was going to Monrovia. He said, does anybody need a ride? And of course, you know, at this point, he wasn't going all the way where I was going. I wasn't getting in the car with somebody I didn't know. But just to think about how God orchestrated all of that. While we are giving God praise, these things don't bother us. One young man said, Bishop, you just finished preaching this. We didn't know this was going to happen, but it doesn't move us. We're going to complete this task. There's more work to be done. Oh, Paul goes on to say, amen, what shall we say in response to these things? If God be for us, can you say it, saints? When things happen in your life, the minutest things, the devil, the devil will move in the minutest things, but you can't let him move you. If God be for us, who can be against us? There are some things that trouble me about this ministry. But I say, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who? In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I believe God established this ministry. I didn't do this because I wanted to start a church. God established this ministry. And this ministry will live. This ministry will flourish. Amen. Amen. Regardless of who comes and who goes, God will, Liberians have a way of saying, God will bring his own people. He'll bring his own people. While we are trying to get people, God will bring his own people. You know, I don't know what the future holds for tabernacle of praise, but I know who holds the future. 
Glory to the name of Jesus. And as long as God is God, hallelujah, God will do his thing. In all things, God works together for, for the good of those who love him and are the call according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Those are lessons we can learn, and I hope I explain the lessons real good. I learned some lessons on that road. I reminded of some lessons on that road. When that incident happened, Amen. So many things happened, but when that incident happened, it just stirred in my mind. God is in control. Bad things will happen. None of, our, of us are exempt from bad things happening. Some things are worse. Do you realize that it could have been worse? Y'all could have been mourning right now. You all could have been preparing for my funeral right now. It could have been worse, but God... Oh, bless the name of Jesus. My family could have been in mourning, but God. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. God is in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the devil can't thwart God's purposes. God will work out his purposes in our lives. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be discouraged by things that happen in your life. Don't be this. God is in control. He works all things together for good. In all things, God is at work on your behalf to bring out good in that situation. Just wait on him. Just wait on him. I can't forget 2011 when I had a tumor in my body and they said it was a stage, stage four cancer. But I just give God glory that in 2022, I stand, glory to the name of Jesus, strong and healthy in my body. Hallelujah. When the doctor said they didn't expect me to live, God said you shall live and not die. Folk have been through cancer in this ministry and you might have thought you were going to die. But God, can somebody shout, but God. be going through something right now but hold on to God's unchanging hand. God is in control. God has all power in his hands. The devil can't stop God. Hallelujah. I don't care what he tries. The devil can't stop what God is going to do. can't do it. can't do it. God is sovereign. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! 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 But God! But God! But God! Think about it! Think about your situation! Think about your circumstances! And shout, but God! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. God wants us to learn these lessons. He wants us to learn these lessons so that we're not shaken when things happen in our lives because things are going to happen. We don't know what they are going to be. We can't choose. I said this one time before. We can't choose our battles. We can't choose which way the devil is going to attack us. But we know a God 
who has all power in heaven and earth in his hands. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. There's an assignment on your life. And God is with you and God will see you through to fulfill your assignment. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire, and you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you, Lord God, for encouraging us in our spirit man, spirit woman today. Thank you, God, hallelujah, that you're in control. You have all power in heaven and earth in your hands. Oh, we bless your name right now. We give you glory right now, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I pray your blessings upon your people. Lord, today, there may be people that are, there are people that are going through some great trials of affliction. But we thank you that you're yet sovereign and you're yet our healer. We look back and we see your faithfulness. We look forward and we anticipate your faithfulness because you are faithful in all of your ways. You promise never to leave us nor to forsake us. You promise to be with us always, Lord. Thank you, God, that in the midst of it all, you are with us. You will carry us through and none of these things will move us. None of these things will move us because in all things, you work for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. Thank you for the calling. Thank you for calling us. Thank you that your purposes won't be thwarted by the enemy. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there is one today, I don't want to presume, but if there's one today who would like to give your life to Christ, rededicate your life to Christ, uh, whatever the Lord is leading you to do, we want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. Uh, we don't want to leave here without that opportunity. And if you're watching us online, if you're watching online and you are not saved, some points of this message should speak to you. Satan, <clears throat> Satan doesn't like you. If you're not saved, you're already in his camp. But you, you're not there because he loves you. you, you you're there because you've not accepted Christ. You, you've been deceived or what have you. You think the ways of the world are better than the ways of God. I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you today that God loves you. That God has a purpose and God has a plan for your life. God wants you to be a part of what he is doing in this world. He is saving people all over the world. You need to be one of those. You need to give your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus so that you can receive the life that he has for you. That you can't get any other way, any other place than in Christ Jesus. The Bible teaches us that if we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he had to die for our sins because the law said the soul that sins shall surely die. So we deserve death for our sin. But God sent Jesus. Jesus took your place and my place on that cross so that we could be saved. If you will accept his substitutionary death, 
That's the love that he has shown towards you, that he died in your place. So that you don't have to die eternally. You're going to die physically, but eternally be separated from God. That's the death is talking about. The only way to live with God eternally is not by being good. It's not by coming from the right family. Right? It's not by having enough money. It's not your status in society that saves you. It's your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Accepting the sacrifice that he made on Calvary for your sins. If you will accept Christ today, he will save you. He wants to save you. That's why he came. So if you are not saved, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I accept what you did for me. Now, Lord, please come into my life. Save me from my sin. I receive you now by faith. I thank you for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.